Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Greetings and praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to another Button to Christ um, session. Uh, and I will be hosting tonight. I am Brother Sean. And tonight we just want to welcome everyone from all over, from Jamaica, from Canada, from Australia, all over. We know that tonight is going to be a powerful night. You know, it's all about giving thanks. And uh, we, indeed, we're going to get into Bible study, uh, studying the word. And tonight, we just want to welcome everyone, uh, first-time callers. There will be, it will be a power-packed hour uh, with Pastor Saw. But before anything, I just want to open up with a word of prayer. Just ask the Lord for his blessings. So let us pray. Lord God of glory, Lord, I give you thanks and praise for this wonderful uh, night, Lord. Indeed, Lord, we thank you for morning, uh, evening, and night, Lord. You are God of the day, and Lord, you are God of the seasons. Father, you are the God that created it all. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you will be with us, that you will wash us all from our sins and iniquities and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, that all that we do in your sight will be acceptable. And Father, that you cleanse our lips, that all what we say will be edifying, encouraging, Lord, and that someone, Lord, will receive you, Lord Jesus, and that your name will be lifted up. So, Lord, I pray that your angels will abide with us. Lord, I pray that you will beat by every force of darkness, that you set up a standard round about us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you open our eyes, open our ears, and give us the spirit to to um, discuss, to uh, dwell in your word, I pray, Lord. So, Lord, take away every weariness, O oh, Father in heaven. I pray, Lord, that you also be with Pastor Saw tonight, that you will use him mightily, Lord, and that you'll touch his hands, touch his, uh, his eyes, Lord. I pray that the notes that he reads as well will uh, come back to uh, his mind and everything will be edifying, Lord God. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will um, unlock him, Lord, loosen him from any stress and worries, O oh God. And I pray that you will use him mightily tonight, O oh Father. Father, we give you all the thanks and glory for this uh, session online that we're having right now. In your precious name we pray, Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. So everyone, I just want to welcome all again, uh, Brother Sean, your host tonight. And indeed, it's our Bible session, Bible study session tonight. And, you know, every other week we alternate between our uh, prayer uh, nights on Thursdays and 
tonight, this week, we're going to be doing Bible study. And it's going to be done by Pastor Saw. Um, and afterwards, he, uh, Pastor Saw will uh, definitely have some time with the audience. If there's any questions, if there's, gonna, if there's any um, concerns or any clarifications that needs to be asked, uh, Pastor Saul will be willing for a short short moment. The lines will be open for the floor for those to uh, jump in and, you know, just have a little discussion. So further ado, without further ado, we'll definitely um, have our pastor, Pastor Saul, to jump on. If you could just press star star to unmute your phone, Pastor Saul, we welcome you. We thank you for uh, being on night tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Brother Sean. Thank you. Thank you kindly for the powerful prayer and the welcome. And I'm grateful to be on board this evening again with our study group, our study team, our study family. Praise the Lord. Oh, sorry, Pastor, I, I didn't mean to stop you there, but we do have a special music right before yeah. you uh, jump in. Yes, so Sister Walters, if you could unmute your phone. We'll have you Hello, do the special can you music. hear me? Praise the Lord, can we can you hear you, Sister Walters. Amen. Yes, you okay, can. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus for the shadows land men across the leaves, landscape of our life. We would see Jesus, or we fade to strengthen for the last conflict in this mortal strife. We would see Jesus, rock of our salvation, when our feet were set with sovereign grace, not life nor death with all the age agitation can tense remove us gazing in his face. We would Jesus, other lives are paling, which for long years we did rejoice to see the blessing of this sinful world of failing. We would not mourn them. In exchange for thee, we would see Jesus. This is all we're needing. Strength, joy, and willingness come within the sight. We would see Jesus. Dying, risen, pleading, soon to return and end this mortal night. 
Amen. We would see Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Walters. And we could now continue. You're welcome. Thank you. And we will now continue with Pastor Saw. I know he did uh, part one last week. It was um, powerful. We talked about uh, the sin problem. We had different topics he was addressing. It was very powerful. And if all those who do not know Pastor Saw, he's a, um, a young man of God, and he loves the Lord. And he's always busy. I, I always see him. He's, he says he always has, some, always has something to do. So I praise God that the Lord has used him constantly in, uh, in his years here as he lives. Every moment, I know he wants to serve the Lord in his fullness. So without further ado, Pastor Shaw, go right ahead. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Brother Sean. Thank you for the kind of words of introduction. God be praised. Can you hear me? Amen. Yes, we can. Praise the Lord. Okay, we want to say uh, happy Thursday evening to all of our listening brothers and sisters who have tuned in, who have connected and are on the call. We give God thanks. Um, as Brother Sean said, you know, I try to, uh, as Jesus says, occupy till he comes. We've got to be busy serving the Lord and serving others. Above all, you know, letting our light shine, his shine, light shine through us. And so each day is a gift from God. Each day is a day to draw nearer, to learn about him more, to develop uh, his character as we seek to become more like him, more like Jesus. This is the this is the desire. This is our goal. This is should be our our work that we are striving to develop as God works in us and through us the character of Christ and the mind of Christ. So not last week, but the week before, we started off with a study entitled "The Mind of Christ: How to Have It." The mind of Christ: How to Have It. And this is a privilege, a great privilege for you and I. You know, so many times uh, it's so difficult when we think about having the mind of Christ. Is it possible? Is it hard? And you think about our own minds, our stubborn minds, our stubborn ways, our practices, our inherited tendencies, and we think, oh, Lord, how will I ever attain to the mind of Christ? You know, just the other day I was going through a situation and uh God has oftentimes given me the patience or is helping me to develop the patience of the saints. <laughs> but uh, there are times when humanly people and circumstances can really uh, get down to your your nerves and really uh, get under your skin and you really have to look to Jesus because the moment we take our eyes off Jesus, we begin to sink like Peter. So we really got to keep our eyes. But this situation uh, was one that kind of frustrated me essentially, and uh, for the moment, for the moment, as I, it, it, it disturbed me a little bit. It disturbed me, and so the moment I felt as if uh, the human nature was rising, and then I had to take some time out, and after a little bit of disturbance and annoyance, I had to go to the Lord in prayer, I had to fall on my knees, and just, just cry out, and just. He threw myself at the feet of Jesus, and then he lifted, he lifted that 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 heavy garment, that burden that was seeking to overshadow me, and he gave me peace again to look up to him and into his eyes, and to keep my eyes fixed and my mind focused on him. And so, 
it is important that in these times that we're living in, we do have our battles. We have our human battles. We have our struggles. But so did Jesus. And that's the reason why we're going to transition into part two, the second part of our study. Is Jesus our brother or some distant relative? Is Jesus our brother or a distant relative? Well, we know what the Bible says. In our previous study, one of the texts we referred to was Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. He that has a friend must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh close, closer than a brother. And so we know that Jesus is our elder brother. He is our Savior. He's our Redeemer. But he's not distant. He's a near and their Savior. So just to quickly recap, we can recall that Jesus is both our remedy for sin and our example for overcoming it. We read in 1 Peter chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, you can turn them there with me. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. I'd like to read that in your hearing, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. The word of the Lord says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. 22, verse 22, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Praise the Lord. His name is well known, yet people have many uncertainties about him. And so, as we go one step further, we read something powerful in Hebrews chapter 2 about Jesus. Well, I'm going to take you there to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14, 16, and 17. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 2, 14, 16, and 17. I'd like to read that for you. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, 16, and 17. Here it is. It says in verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. And through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them, verse uh, 6, 15, I'll just read right on. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily, verse 16, he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Verse 17, wherefore, in all things, it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Somebody ought to say amen. We have a near and dear Savior. Do you hear it? Notice how this point is emphasized, that Jesus himself took or partook, not just took, but the Bible, the Bible uses the word partook. Do you know the difference between take and partake? I hope that some of us can identify or, or determine that difference. There, there, there is a distinction there, a slight distinction. There is overlap between the words because 
you know, they are related. They're almost uh, synonymous in some way. But to partake and to take also have a unique meaning. Jesus not only took the nature, but he partook of the nature. And that's why the Bible says that he did not inherit the nature of angels. But in verse, uh, verse, verse of course, 16 of Hebrews 2 says that he took on him the seed of Abraham. So, if Jesus was born of the seed of Abraham, then we only have to ask this question. What nature did all the descendants of Abraham receive? That's the question. Can we answer that? Clearly, they all received the fallen nature by birth, as a birthright. Notice, however, that the text says that Jesus was made like his brethren in all things. We must not overlook these texts uh, and gloss over them superficially, or we write them to meet our own, you know, preconceived ideas or our own understanding or subjective interpretation. Jesus really took our human nature. Pause for a moment. Just, just pause. Can you take a moment right now just to ponder on that? Just ponder. I want in the silence of the moment for us to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to us right now. I'm impressed that we take a moment to pray right now. Join me in prayer as we as we pause before we continue the study. Oh, loving, lovely Jesus, general of the armies of heaven, our commander-in-chief, son of the living God, son of man, our savior, our redeemer, and our elder brother, we pause right now, Lord, for we are standing on holy ground. Lord, what a privilege, what an honor that you stoop so low, that you condescended, Lord, from the glories of heaven and the vast infiniteness of this universe to assume, to partake of, to be incarnated in human flesh, God of glory, the divine one, Lord, to partake of human nature, created your creation, Lord. Lord, I, I just, I'm overwhelmed, Lord. I, I'm humbled, Lord. And I ask for your forgiveness. Lord, as we behold you, I pray that we will be changed. Moment by moment, where we need you ever more in our lives. Now, one more time, Lord, we pray. Remove every distraction. May you be our main and consuming attraction. Is our prayer. In Jesus' almighty and loving name, amen. Oh, I want to continue. 
Stay with me now. Stay with me now. Under the laws of heredity, we receive these, shall we say, natural tendencies, these inclinations from our parents to sin. Thus, Jesus received also natural tendencies from his mother, for she was a fully human mother. As a human being like us, Jesus inherited the physical results of the fall, such as hunger, fatigue, thirst, and mortality, as well as the tendencies all of us must contend with towards traits such as selfishness, pride, jealousy, and even gluttony. Nowhere does the Bible suggest that the chain of heredity was broken between Mary and Jesus. Many times, Jesus himself, and I often wondered why the Bible writers put this in, but it is to remind us, it is to remind us that Jesus is a near Savior. Jesus called himself the Son of Man. He knew he was the Son of God, but he was also the Son of Man. This is the beautiful relationship, the the symmetry, the union between, the blend between the human nature and divine nature. He was 100% divine, but he was also 100% human. That is the mystery of godliness. We will never understand what God did to save humanity, fallen, lost humanity, you and I. and, And every time I approach this subject, it really, really moves me. I, I just, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. We're not worthy to re- to understand this, to even really begin to understand it. Not worthy, but God, Jesus is worthy. You know, we can rejoice that Jesus did not reject, you know, our sordid, our sad, sinful state, when he assumed that he took on the ugliness of sin, born into a fallen world, for a fallen mother with a fallen nature. So, what does that say about Jesus? What does that say about God and his love for you and I and humanity? He did not As we use the word today, he did not quarantine himself from the disease of a fallen nature and then just giving us instructions by long-distance communication. He never did that. He stepped into the battle zone with us. He He stepped into the combat zone with you and I. With tender love, he takes our hand and he leads us out of the quagmire of sin in which we find ourselves, if we only follow him, we want to praise God for such a Savior. What a Savior, what a Savior. Said the songwriter, a wonderful Savior, Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. So, was Jesus tempted as strongly as we are tempted to yield to temptation? Did he have to struggle as we do? 
let us consider what temptation really is. Not only does the enemy tempt us as he tempted Adam and Eve in the garden and as he tempted Jesus himself, but James chapter 1 verse 14 says this. You can write it down for your study and for your reference. James chapter 1 verse 14, the Bible says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. James 1 verse 14. So, our temptations do not arise only from outside ourselves, but within ourselves. Did you hear what I'm saying? Okay, let me repeat that again. We are tempted not only from external sources, but we're tempted within because you and I have a fallen human nature that is prone to sin. It's liable to sin. It wants to sin. It loves pleasure and self-seeking pleasures and self-seeking interests. That's what it desires. Corrupted. We are drawn by our fallen tendencies and by our fallen drives, our drives, whether it be sexual drives or, or, or appetite drives or addictive drives. We have these drives that are not of God. They are, they are subject to the flesh. They're subject to the lower powers. So the word lust is sometimes translated uh, into the word desires or passions. In fact, the majority of our temptations seems to arise from this source, from our own unconverted desires and our passions. And when on left unchecked, when unsurrendered, and when it is not yielded to the spirit of the living God, we find ourselves in a temptation and we find ourselves in confrontation with sin. So the question is, was Jesus tempted this way or not? You know, the scriptures gives us clear answers on this point. Praise the Lord for that. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. And uh, again, I'm reading from the King James Version. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. And the Bible says, seeing, okay, I'm just backing up to verse 14 because I gotta, you gotta love this text. You gotta love this. In fact, this whole three verses are powerful. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Let, let's, I'm gonna read it for you. The record says, seeing then that we have a high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us. Hold fast our profession. Oh, yes. Somebody ought to say amen. Hold fast our profession. Verse 15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points. Then say in some points, in a few points, but it says in all points. Did you hear the word of the Lord? But it all was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly. How did it say? Don't come sheepishly. Don't come passively. Come boldly unto the throne of grace, 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Oh, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, thank God for grace and mercy. Where would you and I be without grace and mercy? Somebody ought to say, man, do I have a witness in the house of God today? Oh, Lord, help us. Jesus, thank you. Grace and mercy. Oh, we are between grace and mercy. Where would we be, brothers and sisters, without God's amazing and marvelous grace and his mercies, which endureth forever? Oh, thanks be to God. Will you join me in thanksgiving and praising the Lord even in this moment? Praise the Lord. So, what a wonderful passage of Scripture. It is simple. It's straightforward. Even for a child to understand that when we read this Scriptures, it tells us that Jesus was tempted just like we are tempted. Since, you know, most of our temptations are often, as I said before, due to our drives and passions, and even our impulses because of our fallen human nature. If Jesus did not take this fallen nature, then he could not be tempted as we are tempted. He could not be tempted with my temptations and your temptations, our temptations to selfishness and to pride and anger and discouragement and lust, appetite, uh, carelessness, rebellion, and, and, and just a, a host of other temptations that arises out of our fallen human nature. But the text is very clear. It tells us that he lived without sin in spite of being tempted in all the same ways that you and I are tempted. Amen? What an encouragement to you and I who must live our entire lives fighting against a nature that would otherwise seek to destroy us. Thanks be to God. If we have a near Savior, a Savior who understands what we are going through, when, 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 I'm, when I'm being tempted or even when I sin, I've got a Savior now. Now, Jesus never sinned, but he understands what temptation is. And he understands the nature of sin because he felt it. But because, uh, because he had a temptation, uh, temptations that we experience and our nature to sin, he did not have to sin in order to experience the victory. He understood what the temptations was, but he was moment by moment surrendering himself to the Father. He had already seen the effects of sin. In fact, he saw the effects of sin. The very day Adam and Eve chose the path of disobedience and rebellion against God. Can you imagine? For, for about 4,000 years, just approximately since the fall of Adam and Eve, since the fall of humanity, Jesus was preparing in the entire Godhead the plan of redemption to be executed, to be rolled out, to be implemented. And can you imagine 
what it meant for Jesus to leave the divine status and bear and be born with and, and to assume and inherit, or not inherit, but to assume the human nature that was fallen. I, I often think about this, and it, it really, it really blows my, it really overwhelms my thinking. Have you ever paused to ponder and to contemplate that? Have you ever thought about that, brothers and sisters? Like, this is not a light. This is not, like, this is not a fluff, like, whipped cream type of subject. This is a, a, a profoundly and divinely in-depth study. This is the study of, of, of our lifetime, to understand the, the mind of Christ, by understanding the, the, the nature and character of, of Christ. It is powerful. I mean, this study will never end on this side of eternity. And yet we will never be able to exhaust this study because we can never fully understand God. We can never under, fully understand the love of God. We can never fully understand the plan of redemption. How could we understand infinite love with our finite minds? It's impossible. Wow. Jesus says something to us. You know, in John chapter 5, verse 30. John chapter 5, verse 30. Have your Bibles. You can turn them there with me. John chapter 5, verse 30. Hear the word of the Lord. The Bible says, John chapter 5, verse 30. I can of mine own self do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Now, I want us to stick a pin there for a moment. There are certain religions that when reading a text like this and related texts that seems to suggest that Jesus is somewhat powerless or cannot do anything to exercise his own will uh, against the Father's will, or in other words, that he cannot do anything without permission from his father, it, in some religions, they seem to then use these verses to indicate and to suggest and to bring to conclusion or to conclude with this very, shall I say, erroneous thought, a fallacy, as it were, that Jesus is inferior to the father, that he is not equal to God. This is a very dangerous and erroneous belief. I want us to understand that. That's why I'm not rushing through this study, because it makes no sense to rush through such a seriously profound study. It requires us to take it in small, bite-sized pieces. And I'd rather take my time and go through it than to rush through it because I want us to glean the most from it. I want us to gain the most from it. And, you know, as I study this again with you today, I'm being blessed all over again. I'm actually uh, receiving, as I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, some fresh, uh, you know, divine dimensions to this study. I love it. So I I'm, just, I'm just waiting on the Lord. So thank you for being 
patient and, 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 and allowing God to just give us the right pace in the study. Give us the right pace. So, when the Bible says, and when Jesus himself speaks, that he cannot do anything of his own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me, it does not suggest inferiority. It implies the type of oneness and unity and relationship that he has with the Father. Can I get a witness up in here today? This is the truth of this text. And these verses that relate when Jesus says, um, I cannot do anything of my own will, but the Father's will. Whenever he says these things, it is not suggesting that he is inferior or subservient. It is simply and yet profoundly indicating and showing or demonstrating the type of inseparable relationship that he has with his heavenly father, with his father. So, there are other texts that suggest his divinity. Jesus balanced with his comments. Jesus, one time when healing the paralytic said, the Son of Man has power to forgive sins on earth. That's a divine statement. Another statement I just want to share with you for the record is when, when Jesus says, uh, uh, I lay down my life that I might take it up again. That's another verse um, that I want uh, to leave with you. And I want to make sure that uh, you actually uh, get that um, that uh, that reference. So I'm just going to give you that uh, verse right now. Uh, that's found, of course, I read, uh, let me just read that. Um, that's found, of course, in the beautiful passage of Scripture, John 10, verse 18, I believe. Uh, yes, let me just find it. I want to read it for you. John chapter 10, verse 18. I'm just trying to make a point and also... Um, show you the beautiful relationship. It says, uh, John 10, 18, no man take it from me. Verse 17, let's go back to verse 17. It says, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Did you hear that? But now, stay with me. He continues, he first establishes the fact that his life it belongs to him. It's his life. But then, in the following verse, look how beautiful he demonstrates the relationship, again, he has with the Father. And verse 18 says, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. And he says again, I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. And then he says, This commandment have I received of my Father. So, so it again shows the beautiful relationship, it does not show that the Father is greater. Now, you see, subject to human interpretation, some people and some these religions that suggest this, there's even, shall I even tell you, uh, splinter groups within Adventism that actually buy into this false doctrine where they believe that Jesus is inferior to the Father and that, that the Father is uh, supreme, that he is higher than the Son, and it, it, is, it, is, it, is, and it goes off on a tangent, and I don't want to 
fill your minds with that. I'm just giving you a quick understanding because you might have heard it before, you might have come across people like that before, or you might in the future, near future, come across people like this trying to convince you and persuade you that this is the case. So I'm just giving you a heads up as a spirit just uh, impressed me to give you that warning, uh, a word of warning, so that you will be grounded in his word to understand that that is far from what Jesus is ever suggesting. So, let's continue. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus faced the horrific penalty for all our sins, he prayed a very unique prayer to his Father. In Luke chapter 22, verse 42, I read for you, Luke 22, verse 42. Here's the word of the Lord. It says, saying, Father, if it thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus further bids his disciples in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And I read for you Luke 9, 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Like Jesus, we must surrender our own inclinations and seek to do God's will alone. But you might be asking, why? Why is all of this important? Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's answer that question. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18. Can you turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews, rather, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18? Hebrews 2, verse 18. Now, we read the first few verses prior to that. We read those verses preceding it, but here we come to verse 18, the last verse of the chapter 2 of Hebrews. The Bible says, For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able. Okay, somebody needs to underline and highlight that. He is able. Somebody say, he is able. He is able to succor them that are tempted. In other words, the word, I want you to understand something here. This word, succor, it's an old English word, and it simply means he is able to provide uh, life support, <laughs> assistance, uh, or give aid to and relief. Uh, this is what this word means, secur. It, it, it's, a, it's one of those words we don't use so commonly, but it is, is to pro provide the support, the, the, the assistance, the aid, and, and in times of need, of distress. Powerful word. Jesus is able to support us, to assist us, because he is able. Oh, God be praised. Somebody ought to say amen. What what a Savior. And then, of course, we read in verse 16 prior to, 
we just need to come boldly to, onto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. So first we receive mercy and then we find grace. I love it. I, I love how the writer puts it there. You know, the Apostle Paul says we obtain mercy and find grace. I mean, between mercy and grace, brothers and sisters, praise the Lord, we are safe. Between mercy and grace, we are protected. Between mercy and grace, we are overcomers. Between mercy and grace, we can overcome. We can obtain. We can have the victory. Between mercy and grace, we are safe and secure. Thanks be to God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is powerful. Because Christ took our nature and was tempted in all points, like as we are, we can have, you can have, I can have, we can have full confidence that in his name, somebody needs to hear what I'm talking about, that we can have full confidence in his name. We can approach the very throne of God and know that he will give us the help we need in the time of need. There is one important difference between Christ and all other human beings. What's the difference? We cannot overlook this difference, but it's not a difference that makes it unfair to us. But we have to understand that our Lord and Savior was unique. He was fully human. He was fully human being. 100% he received the human nature, but he was also fully divine. This is what the Bible says. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. If you have your Bibles, please turn them there. Wave your sword of the Spirit. So Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Pull out the sword. And let's go to Luke chapter 1, verse 35. It says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Do you hear that? Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. But the angel declared that he is the Son of God. Oh, praise be to God. This is very powerful. No other human being has ever had the Holy Spirit for a father. This is the most remarkable difference between Jesus and other humans. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. I got to take you to this verse. This is one of my favorite, favorite verses. I love this, what this verse, one of my favorite verses that I love. Let's go to 1 Timothy. Well, the text we just read is very moving. Luke chapter 1 verse 35. I love it. Uh, but I also love this one too. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. I use this text as like uh, 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 evidence in, the, in, a, in a court of law. Like when you're presenting a case 
I love this, uh, this verse. This is like, a, what shall we say, evidence. This is like exhibit A. Let's go to First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's bring some evidence here, okay? Let's bring out exhibit A. I love this. Check this out. Ready? I hope you found it already. First Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. Here it is. The Bible says, are you ready? And without, I love it, and without controversy. Did you hear it? Let me say that again. And without controversy. In other words, there is no room for doubt. There is no room for error. I'm taking my time on this text because I'm wanting to sink in. And without controversy. In other words, let there be no controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Wow. Somebody had to say amen. Now that is a powerful verse. Without controversy, great is the mystery of God. We have people trying to, to figure out trying to figure out the mystery of godliness. Are, are we out of our minds to even attempt to try to decipher, to decode, to determine the divine nature of God? All we have is the privilege to receive it and catch glimpses of it, but we cannot ever begin to fathom or fully fathom the nature and the character of God, the mystery of godliness. Now, a mystery, though, is something that can be discovered over time. And I believe God allows it to be a mystery so that we can begin to receive as the mystery unfolds, this beautiful mystery, deeper depths and dimensions of the character of God. And the, it, is, it is because that's why the study is for a lifetime. We, you and I, can never... Extract. We can never say, I've arrived, I understand God now. Yeah, that would, be, that would be a real joke. That would be a real misnomer, a misconception. God allows it to be a mystery so that when we catch glimpses and windows of his character of love, that we fall deeper and we actually, I shall we say, not only fall deeper, but we climb higher in our love for God and our commitment to him. I'm telling you, this is so beautiful. This is the word of the Lord. So, because, and I'm going to wrap it up in a few uh, few minutes and then turn it back over to uh, Brother Sean. We open the floor for Q&A and any comments. Wrapping it up with a few last uh, concluding thoughts. Because the Holy Spirit was in control of our Lord's life from the very from his very conception, Jesus never yielded to the temptation to sin at any time. However, the question is asked, was he tempted like as we are? Yes, the Bible emphatically and unequivocally states that. We even have evidence. We have one of the greatest uh, shall we say, exhibits of evidence 
when Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Was that the greatest temptation? Well, I would say that was not the greatest, but that was one of the great temptations. I probably would have to hazard the guess or even suggest that perhaps the greatest temptation was just before Calvary, when he was in the Garden of of Gethsemane, where his disciples who be asked to pray, to watch and pray, fell asleep on him. And I believe that we're told even in, in the writings of Ellen White, in, in when you read the Zion of Ages, that the enemy of souls was tempting Jesus to give up, to turn back, to, 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 to call on angels to come and deliver him. That, that was the greatest temptation. Uh, the greatest temptation was not so much... To, to, to sin, but, but to avoid. And let me, let me put it this way. It was, his greatest temptation was not to do, but to resist doing what he could have done. Oh, hold on. Did you get that or did you miss that? Okay. What am I trying to say? Well, Jesus was tempted at all points and even beyond what we can imagine. Not only was he tempted to do things, but he had to resist the temptation not to do what he could do because he was the son of God. That's why when, 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 when Peter drew his sword and cut off the, the servant's head, really it was Malachus's ear, Jesus told him, drop, take back your sword, put your sword back. Peter, those who live by the sword will die for the sword. And then he said this, that always blows my mind. Don't you know, Peter, I could have called a legion, ten legions, some legions of angels, I could have called, but he didn't. Why? Because if he, he knew he had, he had the power to do it, but if he did it, the plan of salvation would be jeopardized and be forfeited. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Somebody doesn't understand what I'm saying today. Oh, man, this is powerful. Somebody ought to say amen. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. I hope you're all not sleeping on me. Mercy. Here, here it is. Although his nature was the same as our nature, his character was pure and holy from birth. Jesus was holy from his first entrance into the world, and he remained holy for the rest of his life because he surrendered moment by moment to the Father and to the working of the Holy Spirit. You know, the very good news is that you and I can have the same controlling power of the Holy Spirit. We can have the same victory over sin. And when I choose to surrender my life to God, you and I can become overcomers. We can be overcomers. We can have the same connection with God that Jesus did by the process of the new birth. I want to read for you First Peter, my last reference of Scripture. First Peter, chapter, second Peter, rather, I apologize, second Peter, second Peter, chapter one, verse three and four, second Peter, if you have your Bibles, you have your swords, turn them with me, second Peter, chapter one, verse three and four, Bible says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Somebody ought to say, man, are you seeing what I'm saying? Jesus partook of our human nature that you and I could partake of the divine nature. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to highlight and underscore this, these two verses again. Powerful. Reread them and receive them and, and meditate on them and digest them and let them come enter into your mind and find entrance into your mind. Jesus' victory is our victory. Not because as God, he acted like God, but because as man, he did not act like every other man. He lived a life that was supposed to be impossible to live. Jesus proved that with God, the impossible is possible. Amen. Even Jesus himself said, with men, this is impossible. That's why if we struggle by ourselves, if we struggle and depend on the human flesh and human arm, it will fail us. But when we lean on the everlasting arm, Bible says, Jesus says, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible because of Christ's victory. The way is now prepared for God to do the impossible in our lives. Is it impossible? An impossible situation, God can do the impossible. Is it impossible because we have been bent to sin? We have been under the, uh, the, the possession of the enemy. We have been under the attack and the assault. It is impossible with men, but it, it is possible with God. God can do the impossible in us. That's why he is the impossible God that has endless possibilities. I want to thank God for a wonderful and near Savior. If you believe it, will you say amen? Glory to the Lamb of God. We can have the victory in Jesus' name, and we can overcome sin and over every power of temptation that the enemy has against us. Because the Bible says, we just read it, that he has given us divine power that unto life and all things that pertain unto life of godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. I want to be an overcomer. How about you? By the grace of God, how about you today? I pray that this study will have blessed your hearts, watered your soul, enlightened your minds through the illumination of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead. Thanks be to God for the gift of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Royalty through Christ. Mercy. Mercy, mercy. Lord Pastor Saul loves Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, tonight we did a in-depth Bible study of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And indeed, Pastor Saul, you're very right that uh, this is a study of a lifetime. This is deep. This is the treasure of our soul salvation to study Jesus Christ of Nazareth, mercy, we don't even know the depth. I too feel unworthy learning and talking such holy scriptures of the Lord Jesus. 
Now, will we ever understand and fully know the sacrifice that has been given up? Mercy, brothers and sisters, um, tonight we have talked about uh, the, the, the study of uh, Jesus and how he is 100% divine and 100% man. We, talk, we ask the question if Jesus is a brother or a distant relative. I definitely am blessed and, you know, listening and learning. Uh, You can never learn this too much, my brothers and sisters. As Pastor Saul has read the scripture, and uh, the Holy Spirit used him with power. Uh, I felt the Lord just reveal and uh, my soul was truly watered. And it, it just gives me a greater thirst to know this Savior, how he came into a fallen world. Brothers and sisters, um, if you just want to press star star on your phone to state where uh, state your name and where you're calling from, so we have um, a few minutes left. Just to, if there's any clarification, or if you just want to uh, thank thank the Lord Jesus as we we discuss about Him, we could testify. Just press star star on your phone and. Um, Pastor Saul will definitely take the floor from here to answer any questions. If there's any uh, verses or um, scriptures that anyone missed, go ahead, my sister. Hello. I have a question. Did Jesus ever use his his divine power and when? Mercy, Pastor Saul. We're not here. Okay. Just the clarification of the question again. Can you repeat the question? Um, did Jesus ever use his divine power? Very good question. Certainly, Jesus uses divine power, but let me qualify the answer. Jesus never uses divine power on, in the sense to take advantage of or to use his divine power so that he could have an advantage uh, over sin. What I mean by that is that he faced sin like you and I faced it. He uses divine power only to demonstrate that he is the son of God by healing the sick and delivering those who are under oppression and possession by the enemy, and raising those who were dead to life. So understand that Jesus had his divine power used only to bring honor and glory to God, that those who see him would believe that he is the Son of God, but never did he use his divine power unfairly to overcome sin. Because if he did, then it would be a walk in the park. In other words, if Jesus used his divine power to meet temptation, like the wilderness, like Gethsemane, then it would be easy for him. He would not struggle. Look at the struggle Jesus had. He fasted 40 days. And the Bible says that at the end of it, many angels came to minister unto him. It was powerful. Understand something. Understand that God did everything. He risked all of heaven 
to save you and I. And when you think about Gethsemane, how his heart was breaking because of the weight of sin, it only shows that he did not use his divine power. He even, he even demonstrated it when Peter, I made reference to it in our study, when Peter drew his sword and sliced off the ear of the, cut off the ear of that, that soldier, the chief soldier there, Malachus, Jesus told him, Put, take back your sword. Don't you know I could call? 10,000 angels or a legion, as it were. The song says 10,000 angels, but the Bible says from legions of angels. He could have, but it shows that he didn't do that. And it shows that if he was using his divine power unfairly, he would not sweat not only water, but sweat drops of blood. Oh, what a savior. We cannot even begin to imagine. So I hope that answers your question. Mercy, Sister Walters, we're we're hearing you twice on uh, the line. I'm just gonna have you on the tech team side there if you could sort that out. Mr. Walters. Go ahead again. Okay, we can hear you. Praise the Lord. Okay, I don't know what happened on the phone. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. But I just want to give God thanks and praise tonight for this Bible study. It's very deep, very emotional, very touching, and uh, to the point. And um, just want to give God thanks and praise, praise him and to thank God for his mercy and his grace, because his mercy and his grace is full of compassion, uh, long suffering, um, loveliness. It's just packed with a lot of things in his mercy and his grace for us, and that includes Christ Jesus. And what would we be today if Jesus did not go all the way to the cross without using his divinity? I just want to give God thanks. It's kind of hard to understand it, but... It's a beautiful thing, you know. It, it, it's it's a beautiful thing with the Godhead and with God Almighty. And I just want to thank him and thank Pastor Sav for the way in which he so diligently presented it tonight that even a baby could understand. So thank you and God bless. Thank you, Sister Walters. Thank you, Sister Walters. Mercy. If there's anyone else who does want to share testimony as well, 
and give Christ the glory. If there's anyone, just press star star on your phone to meet your phone praise and state where you're. Praise the Lord, Sister Augustine. Praise yes. the Lord. Yes, Sister Augustine from Toronto here. I just want to thank the Lord for using Brother Pastor Sal so um, profoundly tonight. The message was just so profound. Um, you know, I felt, you know, he was used to edify the body of Christ tonight. You know, this is food for the soul. This is what we want to hear. We eat natural food, but the spirit man needs to be fed. And I felt that I was fed and watered. My soul is refreshed. I thank God for using the pastor tonight because it has, you know, you came out with truth. And, you know, really impacted my life tonight. It's, you know, seen things in a greater dimension. And the way God used you, I just want to thank God. And I just pray that he'll just continue to use you to a greater and greater dimension as the, year, as the weeks go by. Thank you ever so much. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Sister Walters. We do uh, indeed thank the Hi. Lord for it. Uh, using Pastor Saul. Good evening. Hi, hi my sister. Say your Hello. name and where are you coming? Hi. Hi. Yeah, I want to praise God for uh, traveling mercy. Last night, um, a group of my brothers and sisters from the DC, um, the Welcome to Christ, prayed from, um, for me. And uh, right after that, my mother refused to, to go, even though we spent the money. Uh, between the tickets, like over almost $1,100 at the, at the last minute, she said, no, she's not going to go, even though for a year she's been want, wanting to go. So thank God that we had prayer earlier. Um, I was on the prayer line. They were praying with me, and I, I request for traveling mercy. And um, when she told me, no, I said, Ma, you're going to go. And I asked her, okay, I didn't want to argue. So she's not with me. She's in New York, and I'm in Rhode Island. So I just worried about it, and I told my brother to call my my uh, maid of honor who was supposed to take her there. And um, she was maybe 15, 20 minutes away from my mom where she stayed, and she decided to go see my mom, and she talk to her and then she she went now around 12 o'clock today they landed safely so i thank god for traveling mercy and for all those of you who prayed for her uh, safety and her um, um traveling mercy and i want to praise god thank you mercy thank you sister joseph and we do welcome you back and we indeed we know this is a prayer ministry and you know there's no prayer without jesus you know as we talked um earlier in the study about how uh, jesus understands the temptations how he understands that we need to be uh in god moment by moment in prayer prayer without ceasing so we uh give god thanks that we we were able to intercede on your behalf uh, through the Lord Jesus, and to follow his footsteps. As we continually, brethren, uh, look to Christ. We look to Christ. Um, and he is surely able, he is able to help us. As 
as we continue. Brethren, just press star star to meet your phone. If there's any questions on the Bible study tonight, we're studying about mm -hmm. Jesus, or you want to talk. Praise the Lord. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, hey, this is Sister Kathy from Mississauga. I just Amen. want to give the Lord honor and glory and praise to his holy name. He's a wonderful God, and he's full of justice and mercy, and he's patient and kind. And at the same time, you know, judgment will come. And I just thank him for being in my life and leading me all the way. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Sister Kathy from Mississauga. Uh, the Lord does hear our testimonies. He wants us to uh, give him thanks and praise. As I heard a pastor one time says, the Lord swims in our praises and our worship, brethren. The Lord swims in it. So, Lord, so as we uh, continue to praise and lift up the name of Jesus, uh, brethren, you best believe that the Lord is swimming in that praise because we know as the word says he is um all day and night we praise the lord amen so brethren we have our dear pastor saw on the line and he is uh talking about jesus we open up the lines for discussion on how jesus has been good to you if there's any perspectives um that you guys have uh, uh you know was revealed to how God was manifested through Jesus in the flesh upon this earth, brethren. How, how that impacted uh, you tonight, feel free to talk about it, to open your eyes, how we could be like Jesus, how, how we could uh, have our unconverted desires or passion or lust, so to speak, turn towards Christ, because he spoke about the the... Uh, the, the natural nature of us uh, as, as children of God, that we have these um, tendencies to go towards uh, our base passion, our lustful eyes, our, our, our diet, so to say, spiritual diet is not the cleanest, but through the word, as I know I was blessed tonight, just reading and listening, it was powerful. So, brethren, if you want to say anything, um, we do have uh, many people online here, and we just want to, you know, don't feel shy. You know, God is able to um, deliver. He's able to answer. If you're unclear about anything, we are able, we are here to answer and to study, because we know through studying, it brings us our relationships closer uh, to Christ. Amen. Press star star and state where you're coming from and your name, please. I know for me, um, talking about Jesus, you know, as the word says, in these days, it's going to be harder and harder to um, you know, lift up the name of Jesus in certain places. We'll be persecuted. Uh, even for the lifestyle we live, mercy is it, just 
the signs of the times right now, brethren. But if there's no one else, uh, we'll be closing shortly. I just want to make a couple of announcements um, pertaining to the timing. We are streaming live on Sabbath, and we'll be going live at 10.30 a.m. So you could join in with us on YouTube, uh, the Button to Christ YouTube. Um, you feel free to share, you know, send it through WhatsApp, send it through a family member. Uh, we do have Bible study that Pastor saw as well. Uh, with uh, Brother Nigel as well. Uh, so tune in early, and then we have a divine word. It's powerful, brethren. We do have the uh, Bible study every other week, and we do have, uh, was it next Thursday, we'll be having a prayer session. So we ask you to come with your prayer requests, uh, with your burdens, and we'll be interceding on your behalf to give God the glory because we know God is able. Uh, tomorrow at 5 a.m., we'll be going back online where we have a short uh, testimony session. So, brethren, if you did not get a chance to testify tonight, tomorrow morning, you're uh, more than uh, welcome to share your testimony, uh, what the Lord has done for you, how you were blessed, how, you know, you may be gone to sleep with these scriptures on your mind. They were powerful. We know we read from... John 5, verse 30, we read from James 1, verse 14, uh, talk about every man is tempted when he's drawn from his, his lust. We went through Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, when we talk about the high priest, which we know is Jesus. So, brethren, as we come to an end, um, I just want to remind you, even tomorrow night as well, at 9, we have another prayer line where we will to, to welcome the Sabbath as well, where we have more testimonies and we have a word from Brother Patrick and we'll have prayer requests right after that. Um, so without further ado, I'll be asking Pastor Saw if you're available, if you could close us out with prayer. And we thank you once again for your time, for, you know, uh, enlightening us, letting the Lord use you and spreading your, your will to the Lord so you may be um, used to educate us in the life of Christ and how we can overcome through him. So just press star star if you are not, if you're muted, Pastor Saw, to close us out. Okay, can you hear me? Praise the Lord, we can. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Sean. May God ever be praised. And we are so grateful and we're humbled to have the privilege to know him to know his life eternal. Let's pray together. Loving, lovely Jesus, our elder brother, our matchless Savior, world's Redeemer, but our Redeemer, our Lord, and our Master, coming King. We pause to thank you for the rich study today. Thank you for protecting us throughout the state. Thank you for arousing our attention and opening our minds and our eyes to understand and to see you more clearly today. I pray for each of our brothers and sisters online who have tuned in, who have connected, called in. Thank you for them, Lord. I pray that you will keep us near the cross, that you help us by your grace to be overcomers. For Lord, 
you have made ample and sufficient provisions for all of us, for each of us, abundant provisions, Lord, that we might be partakers of your divine nature. I pray, Lord, that you would visit us just where we are. You know each one of us by name, need, and nature. But I ask that you will meet us at a point of need, that you'll give us more grace and mercy, Lord, where we do need, so that we can rise higher, come up higher, be overcomers, but not just for ourselves, but for helping and blessing others along the journey toward the heavenly kingdom. I ask now that you'll keep each one of us under your blood-stained banner. Keep us now, O Lord, abiding under the shadow of your mighty wings. May we have the privilege of reconnecting soon again on the morrow and on Sabbath. We give you praise and we give you thanks. And, oh, Jesus, we just praise you for being a wonderful Savior, a matchless Savior. Oh, Lord, keep us now in the palm of your hands. Never let us go. We love you and thank you, and thank you for loving us even more even with the cross. Hear and answer our prayer from heaven. For this we ask it in the almighty name of the Father, of the only begotten Son, of the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brethren, this is Born to Christ. What does it take to be free? We'll be signing off, and we will see you 5 a.m. in the morning. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.